Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Consumer Review Report. I'm Diane Rebecca here on Tube City Online Radio. That's right, we are Tube City Online Radio, a service of Tube City Online, Tube City Community Media Inc. And this show deals with consumer issues. And it is heard Sundays at 4 p.m., Tuesday at 6 p.m., and Thursday at 9 a.m. here on Tube City Online Radio and also as podcasts. They are available on wmck.fm slash crr, iTunes, Google, iHeart, Spotify, and Spreaker. So if you miss our regularly scheduled show, you can always go and find one of those podcasts and catch up on the consumer issues that we have to talk about. And if you have any ideas of any products or services you would like to hear on the show, you can email me at consumerreviewreport at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook at Consumer Review Report and on Twitter at CRR in McKeesport. Also, if you have any comments or questions about any products or services that you do hear about on the show, you can get in contact with me the same way at consumerreviewreport at gmail.com and Facebook Consumer Review Report and Twitter at CRR in McKeesport. All right, so I'm happy to be back. Um, you may hear some thunder over the uh, uh, broadcast. Um, it's a Saturday afternoon. Well, Saturday morning heading into the afternoon, and it's uh, we just got over a thunderstorm, but there might be others coming behind it. So if you hear any thunder or rain, that's uh, what's happening. <laughs> All right. So today I thought I'd talk about two things. <laughs> there was... Um, there is a product out now, and we have talked about its um, sister product, I guess, if you will, um, the Arctic Air Personal Space Cooler. We talked about that on the show. We've done a reviews, and uh, I never ended up getting one, um, but they have come out with a new uh, sort of a personal space cooler. It is from Arctic Air. And but it, this one you wear around your neck. Now, <laughs> I considered getting it because I like to exercise outdoors, and um, you know, in those hot, humid days, humid days, it might be nice to have something like that, uh, you know, around your neck to cool you down. But you know, who knows if it really works or not. So we're gonna go ahead and do some reviews. We have a TV stuff reviews that did a review on that. So we'll hear what they have to say. And then later in the show, again, this Bitcoin um, uh, issues are coming up as far as like, um, you know, it just lately, it's been on the rise. The value of Bitcoin has been on the rise. And so more and more scams are coming out because uh, people want a piece of that, I guess, but they don't want to work for it. And um, so I have some audio or from a video from Theo Joe explaining why does Bitcoin even have any value. And then another video uh, from uh, CNN that is saying that all these ransomware uh, situations that are going on targeting businesses like the pipeline shutting down and then I think there was another thing just recently that happened that 
um, hackers are uh, putting ransomware on these businesses' network, and then they have to pay a certain amount of money to get free of it so they can have access to their computers and operations, etc. So they pay it, and then the hackers... Uh, you know, get rid of the ransomware so that operations can continue. And they're paying these in cryptocurrencies because they're very hard to track, uh, you know, who's, you know, who's receiving the cryptocurrency. So we'll hear a little audio from that video as well, because I, I don't know, this subject of Bitcoin always fascinates me on how somebody could have came out with a currency and just said, okay, this is a new kind of currency that people that have has some value. So it just, um, it, um, I don't know, fascinates me. So we'll talk a little bit more about that at the end of the show. But right now, let's get to the, what is this? Uh, Arctic Air uh, Neck? Uh, <laughs> neck Cooler, I guess that's what I would say it's called. Yeah. All right, so let's go ahead and listen to the commercial for it. And then um, a TV station had did a little review on that as well. So we'll listen to audio from that video. But let's get to the uh, commercial first. Some days are so hot, you feel like you're going to melt. And no matter what you do, you just can't cool yourself. Having to hold a tiny little fan is such a joke. And hosing yourself off just leaves you soaked. Introducing the Arctic Air Freedom, the amazing cordless air cooler that you wear. that gives you the freedom to stay cool and keep your hands free. So you can do what you need to. It's like having a portable air conditioner wherever you go. No matter how hot it gets, just turn it on, put it on, and the heat is gone. Look, the air around this woman is a scorching 93 degrees. But with the Arctic Air Freedom, she's a comfortable 72. That's over 20 degrees cooler. The secret is advanced comfort chill technology that draws in hot air and instantly transforms and purifies it into a cool, refreshing breeze. Customize your cool with three fan speeds. It's so lightweight and comfortable, you hardly know it's there. Yet so powerful, you can feel that cool, refreshing air everywhere. Even on a scorching hot beach, cool air always within reach and because it's hands-free you have the freedom to stay cool and do whatever you want to rechargeable for up to eight hours of cooling on just one charge you can even use arctic air indoors to create your own personal comfort zone without air conditioning your entire home so you save money too now you're free to do what you need to and always stay totally cool and comfortable call now to get your arctic air freedom for just 29.99 but wait call right now and we'll double the offer just pay us and every order today gets free shipping. Now everyone in your family can stay cool and comfortable with the Arctic Air Freedom. That's right, you get two Arctic Air Freedoms plus free shipping for just $29.99. This offer is not available in stores, so order your Arctic Air Freedom now. Okay, so what do you think? I mean, is this something that uh, would help a person out? Well, let's go ahead and get to the reviews to see how many people liked it, how many people, maybe not so much. So let's go on to audio from a video from a TV station who um, tried one of these out. So let's go ahead and get to that. 
Some days are so hot, you feel like you're going to melt. And no matter... Sorry about that. <laughs> we don't want to hear that commercial again. Let's go ahead and do that. A Billy Crystal character once reminded us that it's better to look good than to feel good. Well, tonight's Try Before You Buy product operates on the opposite premise. I've had to wear some pretty goofy things for Try Before You Buy. This is right up there among the goofiest. It's the Arctic Air Freedom. It's a couple of fans. You put it around your neck. Let's see if it makes me feel cooler. The Arctic Air is rechargeable and it has three speeds, depending on how hot you feel. It's also adjustable and it will probably fit most necks. It says it's good for cooling you off while doing yard work. I'm told that these are also spotted often at amusement parks. You can feel the air circulating. It definitely feels cooler. The Arctic Air Freedom claims that it will last six hours on a single charge. It costs $30 and it definitely makes you feel cooler temperature-wise. I'm not sure how cool I feel actually wearing this guy around. All right, so if you're going for looks, then yeah, probably uh, maybe it's not the best, but somebody can make it into a trend, right? A cool thing, just like ripped jeans. Nobody thought to wear around ripped jeans, but hey, somebody made it a trend and now people are always wearing ripped jeans. So maybe this could be a trend too. All right, so let's go over to TV Stuff Reviews and see how they felt about um, using the Arctic Air Freedom Neck Cooler. So let's take a listen. Today I'm back with a brand new TV Stuff Review. We're going to be taking a look at the Arctic Air Freedom. This is a wearable cooler and air purifier. So I will say it's not as light as I thought it would be just with the way that the box described it. I'm gonna go ahead and put it right back around my neck. Okay, and I actually have sensitive ears. But yeah, and what if I turn it on the other way so it's not blowing up at my face but rather down on my body so let's flip it around rather refreshing sitting out here in the heat not sure there you go you can see my hair glowing a little bit there with the breeze and so if i was hiking and did not have the shirt on and it was more directly there on my skin and that bone that would get somewhat bothersome and now let's stand up Let's jump around and see if it falls off, if it just kind of slides a little bit, or if it stays put. All right, so I am just opening up the Arctic Air Freedom slides right on out of there. There we go. So you have the little information packet right there taped on nicely to the front. You have that USB cable and then the device itself is fit nice and snug here in this little box. Go ahead and just pull it out to see if it's light, if it's heavy. So I will say it's not as light as I thought it would be just with the way that the box described it. 
I thought it would be a little bit lighter. This seems like it might be a little uncomfortable around my neck for long periods of time, especially if I were to wear this for six hours. I imagine that would just start to hurt hanging there on my neck, but just put it on for a second. Move my hair so it kind of expands right there. You can see that that's that adjustable neck so I can fully close it. I can have it open a little bit there. I mean, it's not terrible. I mean, if I was just kind of sitting and hanging out, maybe laying out by the pool, maybe this wouldn't be terrible or a quick walk down to the mailbox. Okay. So we saw that it has the vents right there. The purifier is going to be this right here on that inside part. We can see that it's a little bit softer. So this is kind of like a soft rubber, whereas this part is a hard plastic. This is different right there in the middle. Kind of twists just a little bit there. You see the air intake on either side and then also that power button right there. Oh, and it's already charged. I was thinking that I would have to plug it in and charge it. I was about to say, let me charge it and I'll come right back. But so it turned right on. I'm going to go ahead and put it right back around my neck. Okay. So I will say that it feels nice, but I'm not one that likes <laughs> the air or the wind blowing directly in my face and like I can just feel it right here mainly and I actually have sensitive ears so when I'm hiking especially if it's a windy day I have something in or over my ears so I can already tell you right now I don't like the fact that this is like blowing the air directly into my ears that's not going to be good for me long term but I mean you can see it blowing my hair if I kind of bring my hair over it a bit right there. Lighter pieces. You can see that it is kind of flowing there in that breeze. And then because there's only the one button, I'm assuming we can push it multiple times to increase the speeds. Oh, so that was probably the highest one because it went down lower. You can kind of see my hair's like flopping right there, or this guy <laughs> up here. Okay, and that's low. So low is really quiet. I can still feel it on my face, but not how I could a moment ago with it on high. So I definitely like the lower speed a lot more than I did with it all the way up. And then hitting it one more time just kind of turns it off. Okay, so not bad, not bad. A little bit bulky and it'd be nice if this was just more comfortable. I'm not quite sure how you would accomplish that. Um, yeah, and what if I turn it on the other way so it's not blowing up at my face, but rather down on my body. So let's flip it around. Move my hair one more time. Adjust it accordingly right there. Find that button. There we go. So this is high. And I'll even take off this top shirt. So I don't know. Okay, no, I can feel it. But because it is like right up against my collarbone right here and like hovering directly over my chest, a lot of it is touching my skin. 
so maybe it's meant to be worn the other way. I can still feel it, but not how I could when it was on high, pointed the other way, and then taking it down to medium. High is definitely a little noisy. I mean, this is literally right next to your ears and you have that like humming from that fan in there, and then low. I might be able to hang out with it on low for a short period of time, but I can tell you right now, there is no way I would wear this for, you know, a couple of hours and have it blasting on high, even if I was in, you know, a group and we were talking and conversing or anything like that. It is just a little bothersome there. So let's go ahead, turn it off. And now I want to take it outside. I could noticeably feel the air on my face, especially when it was on high and I was wearing it this way. So I want to see if it's just as noticeable and as cool and refreshing if I'm outside where it's a little bit warmer. I keep my house at about 77 here during the day. So it's comfortable in the house. This isn't necessary, needed, or required. So I'm gonna pop outside, try it out out there, and of course, take y'all along to tell you all about it. All right, y'all, so I came outside here so we can try this Arctic Air Freedom in this Arizona sun. So I'm going to go ahead, make sure that these vents are pointed upward as I whack myself on the head. Put it around my neck. I'm that power button over here. Go ahead and turn that on. So still probably the same temperature as it felt inside. It is cooler and it is rather refreshing sitting out here in the heat. Not sure, there you go. You can see my hair glowing a little bit there with the breeze that it's putting out. And this is the high setting. Go ahead and take it down to medium. Hair moves a little bit less, but you can still see it and feel it there. And then on low. I will say that I can't really feel the low setting. I can hear it, but I cannot feel any of the wind or the breeze that it is putting out. Oh, unless I put my head down like this, I can feel it on the sides of my cheek. But up like this, I really don't feel too much, at least not out here in the sun and in the heat. But I can move my head and my neck just fine. So it's not terrible. You notice that it kind of slides a little bit there, but again, not horrible. Could I wear this for several hours if I was out hiking or something? Probably not. I would probably end up taking it off. It is a little bit bulky and more than anything, I personally feel it digging into my collarbone. So if I was hiking and did not have the shirt on and it was more directly there on my skin and that bone, that would get somewhat bothersome. So go ahead, turn it off. And now let's stand up. Let's jump around and see if it falls off, if it just kind of slides a little bit, or if it stays put. Okay, now here outside, I'm going to go ahead, turn it back on high, since I feel it the most out here in this Arizona sun. And then I'm just gonna hop around a little bit and see if it moves and really how it feels.
so it does not pass the jump test because this comes slamming down on my collarbone each time. So I will say maybe you could use it if you're sitting there gardening, working on the computer, or maybe taking a light walk, but I would not wear it if you're running, working out, or doing a lot of movement. All right, back inside and out of that hot Arizona heat and ready to give you my final thoughts on the Arctic Air Freedom. I would give this product two out of five stars and here's why. I think it's a cool idea, right? A neat concept to be able to have this wearable cooler lasts up to six hours. And I loved the fact that it wasn't just cooling, but also purifying that air that it was putting out as well. However, I did not like the design. I thought it was rather big, bulky, a little heavy to wear there around your neck. Sure, I could move my head and neck around just fine, but it did not go over well with some major movement. Y'all saw what happened when I started jumping around. It was just slamming down on my collarbone. Not very comfortable there. Also didn't like the fact that it was a little noisy. I could also feel the vibration from that fan there inside. And I didn't like that it blew that air right up to my ears. I personally have sensitive ears and so that wouldn't go over well for me. So I give the Arctic Air Freedom two out of five stars, but would love to hear how y'all keep cool during those hot summer months. Would this be something that would interest you? Do you just get an extra fan, lower the AC in the house, or maybe one of those cooling neck towels? Let me know in the comments down below. And as always, make sure to like this video, subscribe to our channel, and until next time, bye y'all. All right. So there you go. I'm glad I didn't spend uh, $30 on it because I thought that it might be a perfect tool for when I am running and it's hot and humid, but I guess I'll just end up hanging on to my um, cooling towel, which she has mentioned that probably would be a better alternative than trying to run or exercise with this heavy bulky thing on your neck so you know so I'm always glad to hear things like that before I spend my money so hopefully this program uh educates you uh as far as making a decision on uh products that uh you may enjoy or not enjoy all right so I have some reviews from Amazon they only had 75 ratings and so I guess maybe it's because it's a relatively new product so um, you know because usually they have you know thousands of ratings but in this case it's only 75 ratings unless they only just put it on Amazon maybe that that's why so <clears throat> the customer reviews is actually far greater than the review that TV Stuff Reviews gave theirs, which was a two out of five. Uh, the customer reviews out of 75 ratings was a 4.2 out of five. And uh, five star ratings, there was 62%. The four stars, 16%. Three stars, 8%. The two stars, 3%. And the one stars, 10% of the 75 ratings got a one star. So this actually fared better out of the 75 ratings than TV Stuff Reviews gave it. So let me just give you some five-star reviews. This is from Michonne Barber. Uh, this review was in May 
of 2021. Love this product. Use it every day. Helps tremendously for hot flashes. Recommend anyone that has hot flashes invest in this bad baby here. All right. So there you go. Uh, You know what? That might be a good use of that. You know, I never thought of that until I just read this review. Uh, Hot flashes. Even if you're just sitting there watching TV and suddenly a hot flash uh, appears, you know, that might help. All right, so here's another five-star rating uh, from Mary Kay, written June 2021. Lightweight, comfortable, it's a great item. Now, this person thinks it's lightweight, whereas TV Stuff Reviews said it was bulky and heavy, but... This one, uh, I guess it depends on what you're doing with it, too. So Mary Kay says, used it on a plane and outdoors. Also shopping in stores. Amazing. Exactly as advertised. Lightweight. Attractive. Easy to recharge. We're thrilled with our purchase. We'll definitely reorder again for our use and for gifts. And it's a great price, they said, too. Which I think $30 was uh, a bit much, personally. All right, so here's another five-star from an Amazon customer. And this was also written in June 2021. And yeah, I guess that makes sense. I mean, who's going to buy the product in December, right? Uh, Super for summer and working in a plant. Love this thing. If you work in a plant environment, where, or I guess they're saying a manufacturing environment, not in a garden, (laughs) where AC is not available, then this is the thing. Uh, don't like it blowing on my ears, so I move it so cool air is on my face and back of neck. So I guess you can adjust it. As the TV Stuff reviewer was saying, uh, she didn't like it blowing on her ears. This person doesn't either, but I guess you can adjust it so that it will blow on the face and back of the neck. Uh, the Amazon customer goes on to say, already got others looking to buy one. On high battery, wears out faster, but USB charge works in most cars, and it's perfect for summer. So let's move on to the one-star reviews. <clears throat> this is from Honeybun, written May 2021. Total ripoff. Total ripoff. It just blows whatever air is there. No cooling at all. Very low fan. You can get a better breeze by just opening a window. Okay, (laughs) but if you're outside, there's no windows, right? (laughs) So, yeah, they weren't happy with theirs. And it's hard to say whether they got a malfunctioning one because they said a very low fan. I mean, I heard that sound on the TV stuff reviews where when they had it on high, it was pretty noisy. So it seemed to me it was working, you know, pretty efficiently. But uh, who's to say? I guess it's a matter of, uh, perspective, you know. Here's another one out of five stars from Chris Mahler, written June 2021. It doesn't work in the way it says or as long. The info says it turns heat into cool air, but that's not true. If you're out in the heat, that's what the device blows. In order to feel cool air, you have to be in a cool place. It also says the battery life is six hours after complete charge. Also not true. Two days in a row, it lasted less than three hours. I found a little fan on a string to wear, wear around 
the neck that cost less than $9. <laughs> and it lasted 12.5 hours before it needed recharging. Arctic Air isn't all it's cracked up to be. A fan on a string, really? <laughs> they have such a thing. I'll have to look into that. <laughs> uh, but it cost $9, and he liked that better, and it lasts longer. Um, he didn't say how cool he was wearing it. Not cool as in hip, but cool as in temperature-wise. So <laughs> wearing a fan on a string around your neck, right? All right. So that'll do it for our review of the Arctic Air Freedom Neck uh, Cooler. And so I uh, hope that helped you make a decision. I'm sure you were on on the edge of your seat waiting to see whether you should buy this uh, product or not. <laughs> okay, so let's go on to Bitcoins. And, um, you know, you hear all the time in the news about this ransomware that's happening to businesses now. As a matter of fact, our gas prices went up because the pipe line was shut down for that very reason and then you also hear about individual scams uh regarding bitcoin but the the question is why is it so valuable who deemed it who came out and said here's this uh digital bit and it's worth forty thousand dollars just for one uh so let's go ahead and hear from theo joe and maybe he can explain we've heard him on the show before and uh, he explains it in pretty simple terms uh, why does the bitcoin have a value so let's take a listen It's no secret that Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies are controversial. Some people say it's a revolution in money that's going to change everything, while others say it's a scam, a Ponzi scheme, it's not backed by anything, or in other words, they don't think it should be valued. Only time will tell, but the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. But even if that's the case, why does or even should Bitcoin actually have any value at the real heart of it? That's what I'm going to try and explain today with as much of an objective and pragmatic perspective as possible, so the real core of it. So whether you're a hard skeptic who can't understand why people even care about Bitcoin or a crypto enthusiast, you should find it interesting. And by the way, I'm just going to use Bitcoin and the US dollar for all the examples just to keep things simple. Now I'm not an economist and of course all of this is my opinion, but I have been interested in cryptocurrencies for a few years and I've gone through all the different stages, even making a video called Bitcoin is dumb in 2016 which didn't really age well. Bruh. Today, while I don't think Bitcoin is gonna take over the world and replace all currencies or anything, I definitely think it at least will hold a unique position of its own in the world, regardless of how important you think that position is. So I do know what it's like to have both perspectives, so don't think I'm just some kind of hardliner for either side in this video. And no, I'm not gonna say anything about how much Bitcoin should be worth or whether you should buy any or anything like that. Literally, just why it has value in the first place. Now, before we get into it, I want to thank the sponsor of today's video, which I genuinely think you'll find interesting, which is Unstoppable Domains. They don't sell normal domains you're familiar with, but rather blockchain domains such as .crypto domains. But hold on, because I guarantee you these are not what you're thinking. They're not like those other random word top-level domains you can buy for websites or any other domains for that matter. Blockchain domains actually exist for a different purpose on the Ethereum blockchain in the form of an NFT. So you can actually store it in your own Ethereum wallet 
and you truly own it forever, unlike regular websites where your domain can expire and is managed by some registrar. And here's one cool thing you can do with these blockchain domains. You can actually attach data to your .crypto domain that contains all of your different cryptocurrency wallet addresses. So assuming someone has a wallet that supports them, such as Coinbase wallet, you can actually just tell them to send the Bitcoin to theojo.crypto, for example, instead of some random long string for the public address. And yes, I actually did buy theojo.crypto from Unstoppable Domains before they ever reached out to sponsor. Also, you can host decentralized websites on your blockchain domain. And actually, Unstoppable Domains just announced that Brave Browser now supports .crypto domains for visiting those websites. So be sure to check out the link in the description and get your own .crypto domain. You may as well grab one of your own name maybe now and just hold on to it, even if you think there's a chance you'll use it later. And with all that being said, let's continue. Now, I believe if you can't explain something simply, then it's just not a good explanation. So let me put my argument for why Bitcoin has value in the most simplified way possible, and then I'll expand on that greatly. In short, Bitcoin has value mainly because enough people believe it does and trust it, as circular as that may seem, and also because it has certain advantages over other traditional stores of value, such as gold and regular currency. A lot of people probably just rolled their eyes because that, I know that isn't much of an explanation really, but it does sum it up. So now let me give you the full explanation. And then again, I'll also address common arguments I've heard about it. First of all, I wanna point out that even if you hate Bitcoin, you think it will collapse to zero or whatever, you must at least agree that it does in fact currently have some literal value at this moment. If you found a piece of paper on the ground with the private key to a wallet with 100 Bitcoins on it, you would obviously be thrilled because you know you can go on any Bitcoin exchange and trade it for millions of dollars. So clearly enough people value Bitcoin to trade other stuff for it. In this case, fiat currency, which is just like government printed money. I know this sounds circular, but from this fact alone, it sort of feeds into itself. And the more people that recognize it has any value at all, the more valuable it becomes. The evidence for this is there is literally billions of dollars in liquidity for Bitcoin, meaning you can sell a crap load of it and there are still enough buyers. Now, I know what some of you might say next, which is, well, I don't care how many people are duped into buying Bitcoin. I mean that Bitcoin has no intrinsic value. This is a very common and honestly reasonable argument, at least on the surface. To respond to it, I'm going to have to take a few different approaches. So I might seem all over the place and it might get a little bit philosophical, but just bear with me because I think this idea of intrinsic value is one that really needs to be addressed well. First, I will say that most things that people think has intrinsic value don't, depending on how you look at it. Take gold, for example. Gold is obviously valuable. I think everyone agrees with that. Again, I'd give the example of anyone on Earth's reaction to finding a bar of gold on the ground. But if you really think about it, why is that? Warren Buffett put it better than I could when he said, Gold gets dug up out of the ground in Africa or someplace, then we melt it down, dig another hole, bury it again, and pay people to stand around guarding it. It has no utility. Anyone watching from Mars would be scratching their head. Now, yes, gold does have some industrial purposes like in electronics, but that doesn't explain why it's so much more value than copper or aluminum, which is also incredibly useful in manufacturing. Well, gold is more scarce, you may say, but I would say scarcity only multiplies existing value, so to speak. If I draw a smiley face on a piece of paper and call it art, it's scarce because there's only one, but it's still worthless because no one wants it. So this is all kind of basically the concept of supply and demand put in other words. Now, again, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying gold has no value. In fact, it's one of the most valuable things on the planet. And it might sound like I'm going off topic here, but I'm not. 
Think about this, when the Europeans went to the New World in the 1400s, they found that the Aztecs, Mayans, and plenty of other natives also greatly valued gold as a sign of wealth and for trade. The fact that even human societies that developed completely independently still both decided gold is valuable and continue to, I say adds a huge amount of credibility and trust to it as a store of value. One other very quick example are diamonds. Diamonds are not even that rare, but companies purposefully limit how much supply they let out so they're artificially scarce. Look it up, it's true. Now diamond itself is useful for cutting tools and stuff because it's so hard, but it doesn't need to be a big shiny clean diamond to do that. So why are people willing to pay exponentially more for shinier and bigger diamonds? and more for real diamonds than artificial diamonds, which are literally indistinguishable without specialized equipment. All right, so yes, there is a point to all this, which is just to establish that something doesn't have to have intrinsic value to be valuable and even a long-term reliable store of value. The next thing I'll address that I hear a lot of is the idea of Bitcoin not being backed by anything. It might seem like the same thing we just talked about, but not exactly. I think the argument is that because Bitcoin is not, quote, backed by anything, it could simply collapse at any time. And actual currencies like the US dollar are backed by governments, so they derive value from that. Now, this may surprise you, but I actually agree with both of those points. No, Bitcoin is not backed by anything. And yes, fiat money does have value because it is backed by its government such as being required for taxes and stuff. With that second part, if you're someone who disagrees, think of it this way. Your government requires taxes that must be paid in their currency. And if you don't pay your taxes, you can be punished. If it really came down to it, a bunch of armed men will come to your house and lock you in prison until you pay. So in a way, at the absolute very least, currency issued by a government is sort of backed by people not wanting to go to jail. Oh, and for the people who think that government-backed currency is the be-all, end-all for money, let me point this out. The US dollar is arguably the most valuable fiat currency on the planet, being the world's reserve currency. Let's take a look at the United States Treasury website, treasury.gov, where it talks about the Federal Reserve notes, the technical term for dollars. You can see it written on all US paper money. Now, hold on, wait, what's this? Federal Reserve notes are not redeemable in gold, silver, or any other commodity and receive no backing by anything. What? To be fair, it then says, the notes have no value for themselves, but for what they will buy. In another sense, because they are legal tender, Federal Reserve notes are backed by all the goods and services in the economy. I like how backed is in quotes though. All right, anyway, back to the notion that Bitcoin isn't backed by anything though. My response to that is simply, it doesn't matter. The argument that there are certain things that are valuable because they are backed by something doesn't preclude other stuff that isn't also being valuable. I mean, look at any valuable collectibles, rare baseball cards, antique furniture, even Pokemon cards. They're not backed by anything, unless you count nostalgia, which I don't really think you can. They're just valuable because people want them and hold on to them and are willing to part with them in exchange for something else they consider equal value, such as some amount of money. Now, of course, not all collectibles remain valuable or stay the same value, just look at Beanie Babies. But again, just because Beanie Babies became worthless doesn't mean that someone should trash all their rare baseball cards. So let me sum up this part of the reason why Bitcoin is valuable. Enough people already trust it that it is becoming more accepted as a safe store of value. And by safe, I mean it's not gonna be worthless or close to it anytime soon. Remember, not everyone has to value it for it to be accepted as valuable. 
Even Jamie Dimon, the CEO of JP Morgan, who called Bitcoin a fraud in 2017, is now offering a Bitcoin fund for clients. So again, that just kind of adds into the idea that yes, people don't want to buy into risky stuff, but as they see other people accepting it, they may start to accept it themselves. And the more people that do that, overall, the more trustworthy that thing becomes. The fact is, Bitcoin has proven itself as a pretty robust store of value. Whether you think that will last forever or not is beyond the point, it just is. Now let me address really the second part of why Bitcoin is valuable, which is that it does actually have several certain advantages over regular money and other stores of value. I'm not saying it's better in every way and should replace all that. I'm only saying in some ways it is better, but in other ways it may not be. This also addresses the criticism that, sure, even if Bitcoin is valuable, there's still no reason to hold it instead of gold or something else. One difference Bitcoin has compared to every other currency is that it is finite. There will only ever be 21 million that can be mined. In fact, the number of possible Bitcoins will only ever reduce as some are lost from people losing their private wallet keys. This is very different compared to fiat currency, where the government can just print as much as they want. Therefore, Bitcoin is an excellent hedge against inflation, at least if you believe it'll retain its value. Possibly one of the best to ever exist even. Even with gold, we dig more out of the ground every day with no real limit, and eventually maybe we'll even mine it from asteroids. With Bitcoin, no one can make more. So it is very useful to people who don't trust the government to not print themselves into hyperinflation or something. Maybe you like to imagine that your own country will never experience hyperinflation for whatever reason, you're safe from it, okay, that's fine. Instead, imagine some other random country around the world, at some point, starts money printing itself to death. It's happened several times before, will likely happen again, and obviously not where any of you live. Let's say in that country, a lot of people see the writing on the wall and anticipate their money will soon be worthless, and let's assume they're right. Surely you will agree that for very real practical reasons, the citizens will want to exchange their decaying money for something else, whatever they can get their hands on. So foreign currencies, hard assets, gold, silver, and yes, why not Bitcoin? The fact that it can be used for such a purpose, which is an inflation hedge, is just one reason it is additionally valuable. And actually, one may choose to go with Bitcoin instead of gold or another hard asset during such a crisis, because with Bitcoin, all you need to do is remember the seed phrase. If you can make sure to memorize the 24 words for your key and then burn any hard copies, then quite literally the value of your money is stored only in your head. Assuming you didn't go bragging about it all, it can't be confiscated or stolen by the government or anyone else. You can escape out of the country with it easily, whereas gold or silver, you gotta lug it around and then risk it being taken or lost on the way. And by the way, one argument I've seen people make against even gold, let alone Bitcoin as an inflation hedge, is they say something like, if the country collapses, no one's gonna want your gold, they'll want food and water, it'll be worthless which is not even the reason why people buy gold as a hedge. It's not for some doomsday scenario where all of Earth is in the Stone Age again. It's for if your particular country or region has some crisis and the money loses a bunch of its value, you can store some of your wealth in gold and exchange it for another currency that didn't collapse later. Same goes for Bitcoin. Now look, I'm literally only talking about why Bitcoin has value, very limited scope here. I can't address every single other argument people have against Bitcoin. Plenty of people have been saying, oh, it's bad for the environment, or it could get hacked by quantum computers, or some country could take over all the mining of it. You could come up with a million reasons why anything is a bad idea. At the end of the day, Bitcoin has value. It just does at this point. You can either deny it and keep complaining or just kind of accept it. That doesn't mean you have to like it or buy any, but you should at least know the reason. 
or at least the opinion of the reason that I presented today. I would very much like to know you guys' thoughts, whether you agree or disagree. We can talk about that down in the comments. Again, thanks to Unstoppable Domains for sponsoring this video. Be sure to check out the link in the description and get a .crypto domain of your own. Again, it'll be yours forever. Not many things you can say about that that you buy. So thanks for watching, guys, and be sure to give it a thumbs up if you enjoyed the discussion and subscribe for new videos every week. I'll see you in the next one. Okay, so there you go. Like it or not, it's... Uh... It's valuable and, uh, you know, but unfortunately, this kind of cryptocurrency, people can run rampant and, you know, um, do scams on people, um, put ransomware on businesses' computers, get paid in cryptocurrency, and they can never be traced. Whereas money, you might be able to trace the serial numbers, um, you know, or, you know, if you had to pay in gold, you know, somebody would have to, again, lug around the gold, I guess, if you, <laughs> if somebody would actually do that and say, hey, I'll take this ransomware off of your computer if you give me gold, uh, you know, so this cryptocurrency, it can never be traced. Once the money is gone, the money is gone, and that is it. So let's go ahead and go to the audio from a video posted on CN uh, by CNN talking about how this ransomware is becoming more and more uh, of an issue, especially for this year. And uh, what I don't know if there's a if there's any kind of uh, remedy for it. Uh, so let's take a listen to what they have to say. Here's my take. Are you ready for the next global crisis? Christopher Krebs, the former director of the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, said last month that we are already on the cusp of a global digital pandemic. He was talking about the explosion of cybercrime. FBI Director Christopher Wray concurs, explaining that the dramatic rise of this new form of crime has shaken the American security apparatus much like the 9-11 attacks did in 2001. In fact, the escalation of cybercrime is a far more pervasive problem than terrorism. As we connect more and more stuff to the internet, all of us become more and more vulnerable to hackers who can compromise any person or business through the web and steal their data or freeze them out until they pay a ransom. The pandemic accelerated the transition to a digital economy and thus accelerated cybercrime. By one estimate, ransomware attacks tripled in the last year. We actually don't know the true extent of this problem because much of it remains unreported. Many companies, large and small, keep mum out of fear of inviting bad publicity, future attacks, and legal consequences. Cybersecurity Ventures estimates that global ransomware damage will reach $20 billion by the end of 2021, which is 57 times the number just six years ago. One CEO who works actively on cybersecurity told me, ransomware attackers are operating with a reliable business model. The cyber attackers typically cripple a network, then set a price for the ransom that is high but affordable for the targeted organization, particularly if they have insurance, once the ransom is paid, the attackers follow up on their end of the bargain. 
but there is one point in the blizzard of these transactions where law enforcement has leverage. Virtually every cyber criminal demands payment in cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin. This makes sense because a crucial feature of these currencies is that they are largely untraceable, at least until very recently. Every successful technology fills some need or solves some problem. What is the need that cryptocurrencies fill? It's not to buy and sell on the web or to move money electronically. All that can easily be done using traditional financial institutions, as well as new interfaces like PayPal or Apple Pay. But none of these can replace shadowy transactions that take place in the analog world, the kind where one person hands another a bag of cash. That transaction is inefficient, but secret and largely untraceable. Cryptocurrencies allow you to do something similar, but digitally. No, this is not a matter of a private, discrete payment. Say a man who wants to book a hotel in Paris for a weekend without his wife knowing. There are plenty of ways for that to happen, prepaid credit cards and the like. But with these new digital transactions, the identities of people involved are being kept secret even from financial institutions and from the government. But not so secret, it turns out. This week's news about the recovery of a ransom indicates the way forward. The Justice Department and FBI were able to track and recover most of the bitcoins paid by Colonial Pipeline during the recent ransomware attack that paralyzed fuel supplies to much of the East Coast. They seem to have managed this with extraordinary forensic work, digital savvy, and some good luck. But such success is rare. There is no reason it needs to be so hard. The IRS chief has asked Congress to give it the authority to collect information on cryptocurrency transactions over $10,000. That would be a good start, putting cryptocurrency on the same level as a bank account, rather than giving it a special pass on legal scrutiny. Many of cryptocurrency's most ardent advocates see it as the way of the future, a decentralized and seamless monetary system that offers an alternative to national currencies. Fine, but none of that requires that it be anonymous. If those broader goals are what Bitcoin is really about, it should stay strong even while its illegal use is reined in. If, on the other hand, the crucial, distinctive, and unique property of cryptocurrency is that it can be readily and efficiently used for crime, why exactly should governments around the world allow this? All right, so uh, there you go. That's, uh, you know, uh, that's what happens when, um, uh, you know, that when you have a, a commodity that's untraceable, um, people can pretty much run rampant, I guess, with whatever scams they have uh, in their pockets, you know. So there was a couple of um, recent scams, uh, but they were individual scams, uh, where there was a, one person in... I don't know where he was, but this person, Brandon Larson, uh, recently downloaded an app he thought was related to the website he uses for trades, but the app was a fake and all the money he put in vanished. Larson lost $384,006. Uh, um, now, 
there are several different scams that could go on out there besides putting out a fake website that'll take all your money. Um, they, they can place fake ads online promising to triple your investment. Uh, you know, but it requires you to give them your cryptocurrency. And often what happens is that poof, the cryptocurrency is gone when you try and remove it from the investment fund. So, yeah, I mean, scammers also sent emails posing as celebrities, including well-known crypto investor Elon Musk, and saying, if you give me some cryptocurrency, you can be entered into a drawing to win a whole lot more cryptocurrency. So, that's a bunch of scams that can go on. And then there was another story. Uh, now, this is a pretty common scam, but in this case, they used... Uh, they required cryptocurrency and you know when we say government um, departments will never call you and demand you to buy a gift card or give them cryptocurrency well this is this was the case in 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 this story that I'm about to go into uh, you know financial fraud is nothing new but now it's starting to incorporate both phone scams and cryptocurrency theft uh, the city of Berkeley in Oakland County in Michigan says it has received several reports of people posing as members of the public safety department and requesting people send payments through Bitcoin, a popular digital currency. Now, in two cases, the thieves made off with $5,000 and $10,000 in stolen money. The public safety department warns that as scammers pose as city employees, they notify potential victims about outstanding warrants, tax violations, money laundering, and other fake charges they're facing. In cases the city is aware of, the scammers represent represented themselves as either federal employees or Berkeley public safety officers over the phone. They also have the ability to make their incoming caller ID appear to come from the department. From there, they tell the victims to stay on the phone, drive to their bank, remove all their cash, and then transfer it using a Bitcoin ATM in the area. From there, the unsuspecting victims then insert the cash into the ATM, and their funds are sent to random people all over the world. And tracking this is very difficult and usually ends up out of the country. So, as a reminder, in this local area... Any government public safety department will never call and ask people to provide money through a Bitcoin ATM. So if someone does have a warrant or an outstanding case, one should contact the local department or court. Don't go through what they say to pay you. And this goes for gift cards, too. If they ask for gift cards, obviously it's a scam. I mean, what government entity would call and ask you to send them payments in the form of gift cards? Well, the same with cryptocurrency, too, because not only, you know, the, and they would never tell you, like, stay on the phone and, and then go through all these steps. If you did have some kind of payment due to the government, they would never make you go through all that rigmarole to get them the money so you got to be careful out there all right so that is the end of our show and i hope uh, you learned a little bit about how the arctic air freedom neck fan operates and if that is something that will help you out keep you cool this summer or I hope you learned uh, some things about Bitcoin again. 
All right, so this is the Consumer Review Report on Tube City Online Radio, a service of Tube City Online, Tube City Community Media, Inc. And if you have any questions or comments of anything that you heard on the show today, you can email me at consumerreviewreport at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook at Consumer Review Report and on Twitter at CRR in McKeesport. So this show is heard Sunday at 4 p.m., Tuesday at 6 p.m., and Thursday at 9 a.m. However, if you cannot listen to the regularly scheduled shows, podcasts of these shows are available on wmck.fm slash CRR, iTunes, Google, iHeart, Spotify, and Spreaker. So I'm Diane Rebecca wishing everyone a safe and good week.